0: Alive and Kicking is brought to you in association with PartyPoker.com. Sign up now using the bonus code AK90s and PartyPoker will match your initial deposit. Mm
1: Welcome to the first ever episode of Live and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. My name's Ash Rose and I've been put in charge of this walk down memory lane into a decade that we like to think changed football forever. Basically what we did over the summer, we had a chat with the guys at West 12 Media who do the excellent QPR podcast and if you are a QPR fan, make sure you give that a listen. And we thought that um, the 90s had suddenly become retro which is probably a scary thought for some of you, but 90s is all retro now, so we thought it needed a retro celebration. So throughout the season, we'll be here Monday nights looking back at some of the most memorable and unmemorable moments of football in the 90s. So whether it's FA Cup finals or classic kits, Mavericks or video games, hopefully at some point we'll cover your favourite memory. And of course, we want you guys to get involved. So please do follow us on Twitter at AK90s or on Facebook, 4slash AK90s, where you will be always welcome to any comments, anything you'd like us to talk about or, or not even talk about it, absolutely. Just follow us on Twitter or Facebook. The addresses will be at the end as well. But tonight we're talking opening days since the Premier League began last weekend. We're looking at the opening days of the 90s and some of the big games and big memories of what happened during that time. And with me, I've got two people who have 90s football at their hearts, I'd say.
2: Very much, so. yeah. Very indeed. much so. That's what yeah. I like to hear. Indeed. Yes, definitely.
1: So tonight's guest, firstly from ITN, Joel Young, who spent most of the nineties with a samba fever going in, wrong in his club football in, 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 as indeed. a Middlesbrough fan.
3: Indeed, several samba players, including you know the, the samba players that he originally bought, brothers and cousins and things like that. But there was, <laughs> there was Blanco for even at <laughs> one and a half games with yeah. it. Yeah.
1: He played more than that. <laughs> Joined in Joel, though we'll talk more Middlesbrough and especially Samba's in just a moment. Is what I like to call a '90s football encyclopaedia. He knows everyone from Andreas Salenzi, and he could probably pick up Buncho Gunchev in a lineup. Am I correct?
0: Indeed, I'm a little bit disappointed that Anders Limpar isn't here. If I'm honest, <laughs> well, right. we're try- maybe
1: somewhere down the line Anders will make an yeah. appearance. But Chelsea fan and all-round '90s guru, Mr. Patrick O'Sullivan. Hello, hello. Good evening. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So we'll be talking about your 90s uh, stuff in a minute and then the opening days as well. We've also got a special guest on the phone, the scorer of the first ever Premier League goal, Brian Dean. So we thought it was very apt to this is the first ever pod. So what I would like to start with, though, is something I'm going to call going forward is the 90s CV, 90s football CV. I'm going to go with both of you. And It's basically three questions. Um, so we get to know a little bit about the guests before we go into to what we're talking about tonight. Um, so, firstly, to Joel, we're gonna. The first question is: sum up the nineties in a sentence for Middlesbrough.
3: Well, you know, I could speak for hours and hours about the nineties <laughs> of Middlesbrough, um, but let's just say the most important decade the club ever had. Without hyperbole, there you go. The eighties were in, important in a different way and that the club nearly went out of existence but the 90s was probably the transformation of the club becoming a sort of yo yo mid table you know then second division club into becoming at least an established premiership club for a little while <laughs> for <laughs> the,
1: well for the 90s at least well, yeah 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 two whole seasons
3: <laughs> two seasons in a row hold on yeah we were we were there in the first season so yeah. we were founder members of the premier league but then um certainly between Brian Robson's arrival at the club in 1994, I think it was, off the top of my head, yeah, 1994, absolutely Transformed the club, the move to the stadium, and you know, when you go from failing in a bid to buy um, you know certain players that went up to Newcastle, not mentioning any names, Robert Lee yeah. uh, <laughs> failed bids for Robert Lee into you're attracting European Cup winners and, as you said, Samba superstars and uh, everything else. Have you noticed
1: how long this sentence has
0: become? Yeah. It's, it is quite long, actually. I have there to say, there you go. Yeah, but, uh... Well, you can say similar. That's true. I could.
1: I could. <laughs> well, you wait your turn. So well, that summed it up, but. Best club player. And if you don't say Janino, I'm going to turn off your mic. It absolutely has to be Giannino. Um I still sign my name, Jolinho,
3: in, <laughs> in honour of him. Um, yeah, so that's right. People go, that, that doesn't say Joel Young. No, it says Jolino, but I've now signed all my important documents why, like that. Then, well, then I explain exactly, it. Exactly, and, and they have to know why. Yeah, exactly. So... I just think it's that thing again, you know, he, he, at the time he, he played in the, um, is it Le Tounoir? or no, Unbroke Up. Unbroke up, up in that yeah. summer. Scored against it my birthday actually. Know, right on. Scored against England at Wembley with a cracking free kick. Brian Robson is assistant manager of England at that time. And um, you know, all of a sudden, you've got it's an easy scouting game. I was going to say (laughs) that's a pretty easy championship manager, kind of. uh, (laughs) Well,
0: that's that's essentially what Brian Robson did. I sort of, I sort of noticed that Middlesbrough team around sort of '94 when he took over. He kind of he kind of took all the best substitutes from all the Premier League teams and brought them to Division 1 or, or Are Division you questioning two. Brian Robson's well, managerial CV? It, it did seem to be an, a sort of game of Championship Manager 94 sort of-esque, which got Middlesbrough.
3: Jan Agafjord he scored exactly. a lot of goals, and,
0: and you know we got him on transfer
3: deadline there. There you go. Um, but back to Giannino. Yeah, Giannino, <laughs> Um So essentially, the most sought-after player in the world at that time, there was rumours he was going to go to Arsenal. Um, Brian Robson and Steve Gibson went out to Brazil, met him, somehow persuaded him. Persuaded him. And I don't actually think it was that much of a leap, really, a go from the slums of Sao Paulo to Middlesbrough.
0: Did they, did they tell him that Middlesbrough was in London?
3: <laughs> I don't think they did, oh, no. Right. I think there's, it, there's, a, there's a big thing, a big badge on everybody from Middlesbrough's arm that, no, we're not London. Right, okay. um, but yeah, and then all of a sudden you've got this five foot five, absolute dynamite dribbler can just confuse the greatest defenders, um, you know, just played his heart out for us with that He loved the club, didn't he? That's what's refreshing about someone And, you know, you heard stories all the time about Giannino was going out, kids were knocking on his door and saying, do you want to come out mm. and play football? And he'd go out and play around the streets of Ingleby Bar with... with all these kids. because he was the same height? Yeah, was I think it, he, well, it was He's not far to... taller
1: than me. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. It, was, <laughs> it was the one time he could play centre back. He actually confirmed that. I read an interview yeah. with him. Uh, I think it's actually in this one of this month's football magazine He actually confirmed that because it's on Wikipedia. Yeah. You don't mm. know if it's ever true on Wikipedia. But he actually confirmed that he used to actually yeah. play football with the kids in the street. How, re- how amazing. It would have been a great
0: game of three and in, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> would, I wouldn't fancy your would, chances yeah. against Ninio.
1: <laughs> do you think he could do it on a cobbled street? i bet he can. Oh, of course he could. Not, I'm saying all streets in for a cobbled. <laughs> not where Janino lived, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
3: But, you know, heart, talent, desire, love for the club. It's just an unbelievable player who everybody is still in love with. There's, there's a kind of minor backlash going on against him now because people go, oh, why do we still care about him? Why do we still care about him 20 years ago, 20 years ago? But I still think he's a vitally important player in that thing. And I can't see us any ever getting anybody, certainly within the next five or 10 years, of his ilk Again, they will go Not to...
1: Massimo Macaroni.
3: Uh, hey, I tell you, he got us to a European Cup final. <laughs> yeah. so, Sorry, you know. that was
1: non-90s, I <laughs> apologise. Who's Massimo Macaroni? Exactly, yeah, it was in it, a decade yeah, we yeah, don't yeah, talk yeah, about on no, no. yeah, yeah, Well, that was Janino then, and best 90s player overall then. Well, I was going to say Janino again. Which, in but- I mean, there are very few players that I'd allow that for, but Janino is one of them. But-
3: uh, I'm going to say the... Um, I just think the quintessential player that sort of changed the whole '90s. I think, and that would be Mr. Cantona. Oh. Yeah, uh,
1: <laughs> that, that was almost a Gary now. Neville
3: yes. cry. Oh, that was yeah. what a man. Oh, just what a I man. think. Just I think. I don't think it's unfair to say that he transformed football in this country, especially yeah. when I mean it, it's funny. I was watching the Sky coverage of the game the other day, and it, and and it. Um, oh, sorry, match of the day get it right. And they did on this on, on this day in nineteen ninety two and it mm-hmm. was Cantona scoring a hat trick for Leeds and in the, the charity shield charity shield. shield. Yeah, not community charity shield, shield. we shield. don't know what, what's a community shield. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what they'll change it to next anyway. No. Um and I and I told, I think once he went to Manchester United he was the catalyst that made that team tick. Absolutely iconic for that. Yeah. I mean, what I what I do remember is the, the day after we lost the FA Cup final to I can't remember who that
0: was. Sam Mob. yeah, Sam some, um, Mob. We, went talk, we have to Mob talk in about it in a minute, yeah. yeah. Cannanar yeah. retired
3: the day after that. So if you think is, and that was nineteen ninety
0: seven, he even stole our thunder of winning the <laughs> FA Cup for the first time. That's how cool he was. We'd won the FA Cup for the first time in twenty five plus years, and Eric decided to retire, and that was it. Yeah, and and then everything was. Kind of, I think, and if you think
3: everything that went on in those. Of yeah. what five six years that he was in the English league, yeah. absolutely incredible. Down mm. from the sublime skills and the chips um over. um I can't remember who the keeper was something Sunderland. Perez, yeah, oh. uh, Lionel uh, Perez. It was yeah. a yeah. Perez. celebration.
2: It
1: was a celebration that made that. I think,
0: yeah, the, uh, the, the
3: arrogant, the, yeah. yeah chest yeah. and the
1: yeah, look what, at what me. I did yeah. yeah. What I love is as well. I don't know if anyone's seen the film *Looking for Eric*, which is a fabulous film. Which he, it doesn't look like it should be, but it is brilliant. And Catenaro is very funny in it. But he mentions his best ever moment and the main archer was a pass not a goal yeah. a pass he That's made to, I think that was in the same game against the Deni- of all people Dennis Irwin who couldn't be further from Eric <laughs> Cantona
0: it's funny you should say say that because Cantona and Irwin are kind of linked in a way because did they both um, play for Manchester United they both played for Manchester United however uh, do you know the story about when um, the Leeds? Mm. no yeah, the Leeds chairman I do oh, know know this. Rang, yes, up, yes. rang up uh, Martin Edwards at Manchester United and said, um, said uh, can you sell us uh, Dennis Irwin and uh, Fergie wrote on a pad, "Ask him about Cantonar. So he asked him about Cantonar and he said, "Oh yeah, we'll sell you him." And that was it. Irwin never went anywhere. So imagine the league's chairman having
1: to go <laughs> to work a, the next an day and go um, into the in the yeah. move of Eric Cantinara. So then. he walked
0: in. He walked in, sees Howard Wilkinson, and Howard Wilkinson says, "Well, uh, did you?" Uh, did you sign Dennis Irwin? He says, uh, well, no, and I lost Cantona. That was a bad day at the office, wasn't (laughs) it? Bad day.
1: It's not surprising how Wilkinson didn't do much after that. (laughs) No, no, that's true. Except for being England manager. Well, yeah. (laughs) How long? One match? Yeah, I think that was one match at Wembley. Anyway, we'll have to move on to Chelsea, or we'll be talking about Borough all night. So, we could do, if you want. We, we, we could talk about Janino all night. Yeah, so sum up the 90s if for, we t-
3: Being fair, if we do talk about Borough night, we're going to only end up, end up talking about Chelsea yeah. anyway. Yeah, That's yeah, true. The these, two-
1: these, these two people we have in the studio, we didn't do this on purpose, but we found in the preamble that they are linked quite... Closely in the nineties, so we'll get we'll probably get to that at some point. But firstly, your football seat C- nineties football CV, Paddy. Yeah. It would be sum up the nineties for Chelsea in a sentence. In, in one <laughs> sentence,
0: after following Joel, which is quite difficult. I have to I have to say, um, never a dull moment. Uh, we went from signing um, players of the caliber of Steen, Furlong, Minto, Peacock, John Spencer, all decent players within all players their that own were able to play for QPR. Actually, yeah, almost. true, true. All decent players within their own right. And suddenly we started signing Rude Hullet, Gianfranco Zola, Marcel Desailly, um, I was going to say Gabriel Ambrosetti but that's probably not <laughs> probably not on the same sort of quality but it wasn't what we were used to and as I say there was never a dull moment. You're turning up for a pre-season game away at Gillingham and seeing Rude Hullet turn up with those dreadlocks in that orange and grey kit. Um, <laughs> we'll be talking and, kids very soon. And um, and seeing him turn up in that, he must have looked around at Gillingham and thought, what have I done?
1: That's no disrespect to the people of no, Gillingham. Or club of Gillingham. N- no,
0: no. So... Um, so thank you, uh so so yes, thank you for that and do apologies for the people of Gillingham. However, <laughs> must, um, being
3: fair, Rude must have felt even worse when his first away game was coming to Middlesbrough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: that that is true as well, actually, yeah.
1: Best club player yeah. then. I think this is probably the uh, easiest question for a Chelsea fan yeah, in the nineties.
0: Um similar, uh, similar to Joel, along the same lines as Janinho, um Gianfranco, Zola um pretty much changed everything for us. Um a player who we'd never seen skill like that before he 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 turned up he was he was there 6 months was football writer's you know, Player of the Year. Uh, yeah, can we, uh, yeah we'll, we'll ahead discuss, of Janino. Yeah, we'd like, we'd like, I'd like to probably point out. <laughs> Although he signed, um,
3: in, he signed in December. Yeah. And got okay. Well, of the year. it's yeah. still
0: It still rankles I was going to say yes. It's it obviously well, it still. What was like plays in
1: 1999? man United won the treble, but yeah. who was Player of the Year? Uh, David Janino. You know yeah, no? exactly. Yeah. I think Fergie's still um, angry about that yeah. one.
0: And um, so Zola turned up, um, danced around the Manchester United defense like they, they weren't really there, okay. slotted the ball into the corner before Peter Smicke Had even had time to draw breath, and. Um, He once put Julian Dix on the floor by twisting him inside, outside (laughs) and then sort of inside, outside again and then smashing it past Ludo McClosco, which is a great name um, from the 1990s. And um, he was just, we'd never seen anything like that before and fantastic, absolutely fantastic. And best 90s player overall? Uh, Well, we've already had Mr. 1990s as in Eric Cantona, but um, I was... As a child, I, I was in love with Paul Gascoigne. So I'd argue that he was... Me- that he, was yeah, me- Just I'd, because
1: I'd of do. what happened through... I mean, Cantonal, I agree, changed the face of the Premier yep. League football. But from 1990, pretty much to 1999, yep. you can't really look at a period where Gaza wasn't relevant.
3: I think if you take it away from... Even football, Gascoigne was so important at yeah. getting it over again to a mass audience. If you look at, you know, it's been said a million times, but football in the eighties was a grim black yeah. place, yeah. and Gaza helped sort of usher yeah. in that era yeah. if, 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 through his personality. And I had else. the and shell
1: suit. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Gaza brought out a range. Of, this had, is so nineties it's unbelievable. I had Gaza trainers. Yeah, exactly. That's how great. I mean, we talk yeah. merchandises mental these days, but yeah. the, back the, autograph, in the, early 90s, the autograph
0: on those trainers yeah. wasn't printed. It was Paul's. It was, his of it was, of course, yeah, it was. Of course, they didn't have sharpies um, in. The no, 90s. but he was he was an amazing, amazing footballer. He could do things with the football that nobody else could do at that time, and he could also eat five miles miles yeah. while doing it. He was that good. Best player in the world, Italia ninety cup run for Spurs. Um, obviously, the sort of injury after that, um, but Euro ninety six, he was still fantastic.
1: Probably not even fully fit as well. No, and
0: I was recently quoted as saying that if Gareth Bale was worth eighty five, then Gaza would be worth
1: a hundred. Well, it's scary to think what, what Paul Gascoigne would be worth
0: in today's uh, market. It, how do you think Gaza's career would have gone had he signed
3: for Manchester United instead of Tottenham? It,
0: it, that that is a really interesting one because it's always been the theory that oh, had Fergie got hold of Gaza, then oh, he would have sorted him out. But I'm not sure anybody could have sorted Gazza out, to be perfectly he, honest. he, he it would that, be the ultimate challenge, I think, even for the, Fergie. Yeah, he had that character. And if Gazza had signed for Manchester United, you don't know then what would have happened if you know, he, he could have been as bonkers as he was I everywhere else, that, if, if, you, if you know what I mean. And and Fergie wouldn't have been able to maybe keep him under control, yeah. which means would Fergie rebelled. wouldn't have been yeah. as successful. I think so. Gazza would have rebelled against Ferguson. Yeah, that's why, I think yeah. it may
1: have ended in tears. We may not have seen the moments we enjoyed... Later in the nineties, I mean, he played for Rangers in what no disrespect to the Scottish League is a lesser league than Premier Mm. League, and made it look easy. But it was it was a joy to watch because he was that good. I
0: mean, how would Fergie put up with a player that? Saw a new, uh, you know, saw a uh, a teammate turn up, park in the car park with a brand new, brand new sort of Range Rover, and Gazza took Gazza took like a gun to it and shot the back window in. I mean, how would Fergie deal with that?
1: And burp into a report, he wouldn't yeah. like that either. No, anyway, exactly. we've got to move on. We'll we we'll be talk again. We'll, we can talk about Gazza all night. Um, we're going to speak to Brian Dean in just a second, but before we do, I need I need to throw up a little disclaimer that well, throughout the season I have to say is that I think, as you already noticed, what we will do in this podcast is go off on tangents. I can't apologise for that because it's a long decade. Everyone has their own opinion on a certain players. I was so.
0: brought here to talk about opening days. And I've exactly. Not, I've yeah, not we haven't even started yet. that yet.
1: Exactly. Yet. So that will happen. And yeah. I'm sure at some point in the season, we'll repeat ourselves with different guests and different memories. But I'm sure they all have different opinions for them. So I just wanted to throw that out there. And before we do, as Paddy said, move on to talking about some memorable opening days of the 90s, we're going to speak to someone who, well, he owns a big record in the 90s, something that, a record that can't actually be broken. He scored the first ever Premier League goal in a 2-1 win uh, for Sheffield United against Manchester United on the opening day of the 1992-93 season. It's Mr Brian Dean. Brian Dean, welcome to Alive and Kickin'. Uh, You're the first ever guest on our show, which is very apt because, of course, you've scored the first ever Premier League goal. Before we speak about that, um, we'll take you back to the the early 90s and and your time at Sheffield United. Just tell us what was it like playing uh, amongst that team and under Dave Bassett? It
2: was excellent because, (laughs) you know, at that time we weren't the best team, but we had an unbelievable team spirit that carried us through a lot of the time. Um, You know, Harry was... I was a good manager at that time, you know, and, and some of the boys who played there, you know, it gained their trust from, from obviously playing at Wimbledon and, and, and other places, but um, it was just a fantastic time to be a footballer, to be
1: honest. Brilliant, and then obviously that led to, to the opening day in 92-93, which you're now famous for as a milestone. I mean, I'm sure you've been asked this absolutely a million times, but does it still mean a lot to hold that record? Because obviously it would never, it's a record that obviously can't be beaten, so it must mean a lot.
2: Yeah, it does, actually. I mean, it, it's really nice because I think it's probably what, what I'm, I'm I'm most famously known for now. So uh, it's nice to know that that will never be taken away from me uh, unless they, they change the league and, you know, it becomes something else. But, um, no, it's it's, uh, it's a wonderful milestone for myself amongst the very, uh, the very best things I've done.
1: Absolutely. And do and you realise at the time, I mean, obviously you're playing the game um, this is it four minutes I think it was that gone do you think about it or was he just carrying on the game and when did you first find out that he got that goal
2: um, I, I think it was half time one of the lads had said to me that uh, I was the first person to score so I mean even then it didn't really have any significance but obviously as the years have gone by and the season starts everybody kind of brings it up and says you know the first ever goal was scored by you know myself so uh yeah, it, it, it didn't really register. Um, nobody really thought about the significance of that at the time. But uh, obviously now, I think, what is it, 21 years later, it's... Um it's obviously um, something that people still think about, which is good for
1: me. Yeah, brilliant. And after after Sheffield United, you had spells uh, at Leeds, and, and then off to Benfica. Just surely tell us what was it like playing in that Leeds team because it was kind of they just won the league a couple of seasons before, but then had a bad season after that, didn't they? So what was it like coming to that and then going off to Benfica? Yeah, I mean, the, the team at Leeds
2: was uh, had a staggering amount of talent. You know, you're talking about players I met there were. Gary Speed, Dave Batty, Gordon Strachan, David Roecastle, Rod Wallace, um, you know, you know, lots of very good players at that time. And and I think at that time, I think we finished fifth in the league. So that, the, the season I went there, we finished fifth. So that gives you an idea of how good, mm. if you look at teams now and, and who's finishing fifth, it gives you an idea of how good that team was two years in a row.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And Benfica, I mean, that must have been a different experience altogether for you.
2: Yeah, um, different. I always wanted to go and play abroad. Uh, managed to play at one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Um, and uh, it was a fantastic experience. You know, it's, it's hard to describe what it was like touching out in front of 60,000, 70,000 people every week with all the expectation. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it all again. Believe me.
1: <laughs> do you remember any Portuguese? Can you, can you still speak any?
2: I can, but um, it's pointless talking any now. It wasn't. Um, I mean, in fairness, most of the most of the guys out there spoke English anyway, so you didn't really have to be really focused on talking Portuguese. Um, so, so it was easy to settle in as well.
3: It's. Uh, I mean, the Portuguese must have come in handy, you know, before Brian because. When you were at Leeds, you sent Middlesbrough down, and then later yeah. on you went to play at Middlesbrough, but you made Janinho yeah. cry. Did, were you able to give him any comforting words in Portuguese after you made Janinho cry? <laughs> he used
2: to come in every morning and say, que passa?
1: <laughs> Well, you remembered that well, Brian.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um... No, I mean, you know, Janino was a he was a superb player. I mean, you, you don't really I, I was there when he made his debut for Burrough as well. Um I played uh it was against Leeds and I actually scored in that game. All right, scoring.
3: yes you did, yes.
2: Yeah, so um but he was he was unbelievable in that game. He was picking the ball up from the um from the centre backs and running all the way through it. I mean it's it's hard to describe but that is just why he, he was a fantastic player you know in in some ways similar to Messi um, there's the compliment and wow I, and, I know, and I know and I know the uh, I know the Middlesbrough supporters will know what I'm talking about when I say that he was he was an exceptional player the first time he was at Middlesbrough
3: how were the Middlesbrough fans with you um, you know as, you, as we said you know you went to join the club after you'd sent them down did they treat you well
2: Sure about that. <laughs> Some of the fans gave me a bit of stick from time to time, but generally speaking, they were fine. I mean, they just love their football up there. I mean, that's that's the main thing when it comes to Middlesbrough. You know, there's, they probably get a bad deal when it comes to thinking about the three teams up there. Uh, they're probably the least fashionable of the three. So, uh, but they love their club. Um, they're good fans, and um, you know, they just want to be successful.
1: Absolutely, Brian. And just finally, before we let you go, um, who's the best player you, you played? you mentioned Janinho there. Was he the best of that era of the 90s? Who was the best player you played with?
2: Oh, man. I don't know. I've played with some decent players, you know. I think um, Alan Voxic was good. Tony Oboa, he was exceptional as well. Janinho um, was right up there, definitely. Janinho made my um, my best 11. So uh, you could take the likes of Janinho... Uh, Bocic he was fantastic uh, but Tony it was something
1: special as well brilliant well thank you very much for talking to us Brian mm. pleasure brilliant thanks a lot cheers well he was a nice fellow wasn't he I'll tell you what I did like about Brian Dean there is he
3: mentioned three of his best players that he's ever played with and two of them were from Borough
0: yeah uh, Janine you and Alan can I can I change my favourite player Brian from- Dean from Gaza to Brian Dean. I very thought nice he was fella. that nice. And
1: he was driving and we, he, we hopefully haven't got him in trouble. So That's true. He did say he was on a hands-free kick. Yeah, yeah. so that's fair enough. So yeah. we're not trying to get Brian Dean John, trouble. Lovely man. Great to hear some memories there. He even tried some... some Was that Portuguese, I suppose, Janinho spoke? Yeah I, yeah, I suppose he would have spoken that. And it's good.
0: He could say he hasn't got three points for a few years. But oh, he, hey, you know,
1: awesome. Oldie bit of goodie. Right, we're going to talk opening days now because that's what the theme of this podcast is for the first ever Alive Kicking podcast. So we're going to look back really at kind of maybe six or seven major moments from Premier League and because mainly 80% of the Premier League is what we're talking about in the 90s so they mainly are Premier League games from the, from that era so we're going to kick off um, I'm looking straight at Joel so I'm going to talk to him we're going to go back to the borough and we've talked one big borough player of the 90s in Janina and I think Jeez. we'll talk a lot about him in future podcasts but another guy who arrived on the scene couple of seasons later it wasn't the same season was it
3: he came we signed janino in november of 95 and the following Ra- summer ravenelli
1: came the following summer. yeah the yeah. white feather himself and made his debut in a 3-3 draw where he scored all three scored and joe was there uh, what was that like
3: mr <laughs> young it was uh, thirty thousand rocking full house for then you know it's a thirty-five thousand seat seater now which means we get about 20 <laughs> <laughs> but then then it used to be full you know and um it, it's one of them. Danny Baker on goals and gaps. Oh, late, you know? wow! Gap. That's a
0: clap what? For right what? There. What a video!
3: In Danny Baker's own goals and gaps, he says, "You know, you sit and you dream and you imagine all summer, and then you get there, and five minutes later they score." Yeah, and that's exactly what happened in that game. You know. Th- th- the Ravinelli signing. Emerson had been rumoured for a long time. Janino, we already had. We had Nick Barnby as well who was, you know. Underrated. He was an amazing signing for us, Nick Barnby. No, I think he was a very underrated player. He played from top teams. Yeah, we'll, we'll, I'll, live, I'll live that. Um, you know, so we had this team. The Ravinelli signing, as a side note, I'm, I'm just sat with Telly on, you know, uh, these pre-Sky Sports News days, you know, where you had to watch the sports. Pre-Twitter days. Pre-Twitter days. Are, eh? we, are we
0: talking about teletext,
3: eh? Yeah. Well, no, I was sat watching Wimbledon for some reason. No, I'm not, not a fan no. of the old ping pong, but it was on. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then all of a sudden Desmond Lynam comes on and says, uh, right, Looking you know, smooth. Looking very smooth. Well, Des, you know. Yeah. Yeah. We're, uh, we're going to have to uh, break into this match here. We've got a bit of breaking football news. Uh, you know Fabrizio Ravinelli, European, uh, European Cup winner last season with Juventus, white hair? Nothing wrong with that. At which point oh, you go, yeah. oh, Des. You don't get, get that with Gary Lineker.' No, uh, we missed Des. Yeah, I we have do miss Des. Not enough Des on TV. He goes, He's just signed for Middlesbrough for £7.5 million. Wow. And at which point you sort of go, uh, and we didn't have Sky Plus, so yeah. we couldn't rewind it and yeah. see whether he just said it so you phone everybody and it's like hold on the guy who yeah. scored the winning goal in the European Cup final has yeah. just signed for Borat that's insane Yeah. so anyway so we get the game and it's bouncing he was wearing
1: that beautiful Middlesbrough kit wasn't he with the, the, the white cross the blue oh, yeah. we never won in oh, that game it was a beautiful, beautiful kit though we sorry, never carry on.
3: ever won in it what a single game never won a single game oh, well. never an excuse to bring up a kit but yeah, carry yeah. on Joe um, <laughs> so um, Stigging of Bjornaby oh. scores first there you go there's another great His name for you great name um, Ravenelli gets a penalty up the other end, fires it in. You know, would have taken two goalkeepers. Then straight, you know, later on, John Barnes scores a really good goal for Liverpool. Ravenelli again, you know, up the other end, bang, and then Robbie Fowler. And I was going to say he scores against everyone, but you know, he always scores against us. Yeah. But obviously, he scores against everyone. Um, and Ravenelli with the hat trick, with just trickled it in. Um, it was
0: absolutely symptomatic of that season. Did you have to? you have to keep sort of pinching yourself and sort of turn around to your mates and go, "That's Ravanelli yeah, in that game"? Yeah, but it I think must we, have been incredible. I, I
3: remember doing that at the Chelsea game. Um, uh, you know, the season before Rude going, Yeah, Rudolick. Yeah,
0: you know you, those sort of funny things. Yeah, we weren't used to that at that time in yeah, the Premier League. Yeah, we were sort of used quite, to sort of Jeremy Goss and players like that.
2: <laughs> that's
1: another great name. Yeah. Um, but it was just it, it was
3: we had these superstar players. And when they decided, you know, we just didn't have the backup in, in defence, especially. I think Brian Robson had stuck with the defence that got him through Division 1, that kept us up in the in the Premier League. And then when it came to that third season under Robson, he'd still stuck with these lads and it was time to go for something new. So the fact that we were trying to outscore everybody all the time, almost like a, a Newcastle team of the same year, actually, um,
1: you know, we just couldn't do it. And it was our undoing that season. Something I, I want to do in this podcast, so for anyone who's listening, he who kind of wants to find more out in the 90s but wasn't really around for it, is try and compare situations to to more modern day. Mm. And when I think of Middlesbrough signing Janini,o Ravinelli, Emerson... Could you compare it to West Ham when they signed Tevez and Mascarano? It was kind of yeah, on it, that scale, wasn't it? Well,
3: it's kind of like Leicester going out and signing a Messi. Oh. <laughs> or,
0: or is, is, it, that... is it comparable to Stoke being in for
1: Shaqiri? It, that's well, I don't know, know what's going on at Stoke at the moment, but that's far too modern to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> you brought up Carlos Tevez. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, just this shock but delight at the same time because you're like, wow, OK, we're going for this. And, that, and that's what we did, you know, mm. being fair to Gibson. And he still does it to this day, you know, 20 years been, later. Must
0: have been an amazing time.
3: Oh, incredible. You know, and uh, th- the thing is, is we, the club would throw these parties. So when we signed Janino, there was a big party at the ground and everybody went along and they brought out Sanda a samba band. band yeah, and yeah, I remember Genino that. Giannino yeah. came yeah. out yeah. with his scarf and did yeah. some
1: kick-ups with Brian Robson. It's probably what started, Real Madrid d- do that now. Yeah. And it's probably what started, things like that started it. Obviously they do it more classy, but. Yeah, you you know, Middlesbrough's
0: yeah. not a very big place. So, did yeah. you ever sort of see Ravenelli walking down the street?
3: Oh, well, was, sorry to steal your job there, but no, a no, question. Right. Yeah, um, Ravanelli, Ravanelli, and Emerson were naughty boys, shall we say? Allegedly, you, allegedly.
0: Well, no, because I saw her. Right, I, yeah. I saw both of these things. <laughs> so there's no. Allegedly. It's all right. They're not listening. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Ravenelli, you would see um, in William Hills on. Borough Road in Middlesbrough, haven't? And all other good betting shops. Yeah, well, other betting shops are available. (laughs) Uh, And you would see Ravenelli hanging about there, you know, having the odd little smoky bind and putting a few bets on and things. Yeah. And Emerson, who we haven't mentioned, who was just the most insane player in the history of Middlesbrough Football Club, and considering we had Gascoigne, that's saying something. Um, he would hustle people for money in the Dickens Inn in Middlesbrough, which is like the big popular pub. And there was pool tables there and Emerson would stay there Hustling people, and you know, and people were quite happy to go along and give Emerson the money because he (laughs) needed it. But they were quite happy to be hustled by Emerson, so they could go on and go on. So so
0: that, so that day that Middlesbrough didn't turn up at Blackburn was that where they all were? Really, were they all in the Dickens Inn in sort of Middlesbrough? They weren't ill the reason uh, you got relegated. Have you got got that up? (laughs) He just said it. Dickens Dickens Inn. Dickens Inn. Yeah. uh, Was that where they all were? They were playing pool and sort of putting bets on in the betting shop next door. There was a bit of that going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I wonder they got relegated. Well, discipline, discipline wasn't a brilliant thing at Borough I mean later
3: on famously um,
0: yeah let's be fair Robson yeah Brian Robson
3: well Brian Robson uh, put Andy Townsend Paul Merson and Paul Gascoigne
1: in a house together it wasn't the wisest decision in the 90s, was it?
0: That must have been an insane episode of Big Brother.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right, we're going to, well, that's not, I think we need to move on slightly because we're going to run out of time. But it's a great story there for from Middlesbrough. And kind of Can like we you carry say. On talking about Middlesbrough. Uh, it could be a Middlesbrough fun. pod. I know yeah. there's a few out there yeah. who'd like to listen to that. But yeah. we're going to turn to your lot mob now. Thank you. And go right to the end of the being, decade. being a QPR fan, I like the way you call them your mob. I have like, to, like yeah. Like I get told off if the I don't end of your yeah, show. I, if I Yeah. In the 90s, uh, well, I didn't do my TV, but mine would have been Top London Club because that's what we were in 92, okay. Above you, but okay, that's evening, for another yeah. day. Okay. Um, so They're 1999 only, yeah. Hold on, hold
3: on. Top yeah. London Club in 92, so 93. 93. Yeah. Only Les Ferdinand.
1: Les Ferdinand They're only ever achievement. And you know, Not only ever achievement. Oh, sorry, League Cup any... in 1967. So, thank you very sorry. much. So that's that's
0: you know. That's we're a... talking
1: 90. Yeah, Top London, Yeah, 92, 93. The Joe Francis team was Top London Club. A uh, head of Arsenal, head of Tottenham, head of Chelsea. Was,
3: see, how has Joey Francis still got that same haircut? That's that
1: amazing. That is a wonder of science. It is an
0: amazing haircut. It's like, he, like I hope he's got he a never, cupboard full of them
1: <laughs> and he puts them on at night. They're time. not, that is real. I will, I will Are not, you sure? Oh, absolutely. No. I've tugged on it. Have you? Oh, blimey. Well, that was what? about 10 years old. I but, say, well, that sounds wrong again. But From behind. <laughs>
0: This is getting a little, little on I would say
1: it was a keep our open day. It was all above board, so it yeah. was fine. But right. okay. uh, as far as I'm aware, it's celebrity all... celebrity
0: guesswork. No, I'm, I'm
1: kidding. Yeah. Um, it's all above board, I, I okay. promise. Sorry. And Jerry's hair is always welcome wow. on podcast as well. <laughs> yeah. That would be amazing. Right, on to Josie in yeah. 1999. Sorry, did I stall enough there? Sorry. It's Sunderland at home? Sunderland at home. Uh, and probably one of the, I would say, probably one of the best goals of the 1990s and some pretty summed up what Chelsea had become at that point. From, yeah. Like you were saying earlier, from Steen to Thirling, yeah, you'd come and here's Zola, was it, who chipped the ball and yeah. then one you won. finished the story.
0: And, and uh, Gus Poyet came
1: in, Scissor kicked it
0: into the top corner of the net and it was an absolutely fantastic goal. Um, that summer was absolutely full of um, anticipation because the year before... Um, was the famous year that united had won um the treble and um arsenal had run them close um for runners up and we finished just behind them in third place we were only about four or five points away from actually we were right in the title race right until the end of that season um so the anticipation coming into the next season was yeah we've got champions league football we've signed this player and and and, and that player and and we thought oh here we go this could this could really really be something um, and um, the thing, and the thing um, with that game, as was memorable as it was, was that we were absolutely fantastic on the day. But seeing your new ten million pound signing <laughs> go through one on one with the keeper, not once but twice, and then fall over like Bambi on ice.
1: It's um, pretty much summed up that man's Chelsea career, didn't Yeah, and, and, and Chris, who was, who was Chris, Chris
0: Sutton never really recovered from that. Uh, to be fair to Chris Sutton, he was actually a good player. Yeah, just didn't... Good centre-back as well at one point. Yes, he was one of those that could play in two different positions. Paul Woolhurst, oh, oh there was yeah, one of them. Oh, <laughs> oh, he was amazing at <laughs> yeah. that. And, and Sutton, but Sutton just never really um, recovered from that. But we'd, we'd signed um, Dave Schomps, We had um, Sutton as well. Uh, we'd signed Mario Melchiot that summer for a free transfer. Lord He'd Lord, did very well you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't pay for Mario to be fair. He <laughs> did. He did all right, but um, he. But he got injured, so we didn't see him until later that later that season. But we were really fantastic that day against Sunderland, and it was a real welcome to the Premier League for them because they'd just been promoted, and they mm. must have thought. Jesus, what's this about? They got stuffed 4-0. Um, but then they did beat us 4-1 about three or four months later. We so. won't mention that. We'll stick no. to the opening
1: day. But <laughs> is that one of the best Chelsea? Before? I mean, you've been, you've seen a lot of success yeah. later on in years, yeah, but of I've, that era especially. I've, I've
0: been a season ticket holder for, for quite a long time now at Stamford Bridge. Um, and that game still is definitely in a sort of top five, top 10 kind of scenario. It was just one of those days where everything clicked. Absolutely everything clicked. And um, we were fantastic from start to finish. So um, I was I was I was absolutely delighted that day, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good day out. Yeah. Can that have been as good as an FA Cup final goal gifted to
3: you after forty two seconds?
0: By um, <laughs> <five. laughs> well, um, no, actually, no. I think I think the uh, the uh, the game that you're referring to at Wembley in in ninety seven was. Um, was was it was definitely one of the better was one of the better moments. Um, no, it and, wasn't. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I'm right. right. not speaking between the Middlesbrough. Yeah. We we'll start talking ZDS yeah. a minute. Um, yeah, as well. oh. Oh. ZDS. Oh. ZDS. ZDS. Yeah. I had to get that in there. So um, yeah, the, the for, 43 seconds was uh, ac- absolutely un- un- unbelievable day out. And uh, yeah, that
1: was that was what probably 47 was it, 43? I thought it was It 43, in my mind We're going to yeah. move on now and talk about another uh, opening day. And it's one that was in the same season as Ravinelli, actually. And it was, well, it's probably one of the most famous moments of the 90s. It was the day David Meckham pretty much made a name for himself with the, the goal from the halfway line uh, against Wimbledon. So we're going to talk to a Wimbledon fan who unfortunately was on the brunt of that goal and talk a little bit about the crazy game quickly uh, with Blasco. So we're going to talk to him right now. Let's go! welcome to Alive and In mate. How's
4: it going, guys? you OK? We're
1: all good, thank you very much. Now, let me, I'll give you a quick intro. You were formerly of Sports Tonight Live, and now you're a bit of a social media mogul, but you're a big-time don, even modern-day Wimbledon. So tell us about the 90s and that goal. David Beckham, go on, go ahead.
4: Unfortunately, I would love to say that David Beckham scored the goal for Wimbledon, but <laughs> we have this uh, we have this tend- we had this tendency in the nineties to make people famous. So uh, Beckham, on that opening day of the season, um, decided to try his luck and saw Sullivan off his line, and uh, the goal that made him famous, I think, which is a fair assumption. Um, so yeah, it was a- an interesting moment, not just for for us as a, a team that lost 3-0 on the day, but for Beckham who made his name
1: against the great and mighty Wimbledon. Oh, it, it gives you uh, a little bit of credit though, doesn't it? I mean, it makes, makes us remember you, but there were much more bigger memories for Wimbledon in the 90s. You were the crazy gang. Um, just pick out I you mean, know, a few of your, your favourite players from that era and why it was such a, you know, a, a different kind of club. Yeah, I think
4: there's, there's always this mentality of um, uh, Wimbledon... Portraying themselves as the, the ultimate underdog. Um, I mean, even I mean the '90s where we had the likes of Han Sagers in Cole, who was obviously our uh, our rock at the back, and then we had the likes of Ian Thatcher, Dean Blackwell, Chris Perry, Kenny Cunningham as a solid back
1: four. Sorry, you just made us wince um, with yeah, Dean, Dean Black- Blackwell. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, um, uh,
4: a lot of crying. I'm guessing there in the studio. Don't get me But no. Um, No, no, the the standout players for me growing up, I mean, the first game I went to see was Wimbledon versus Norwich at uh, Sellers Park, and uh, Dean Holdsworth was one of the standouts in my memory, scoring loads of goals and important goals for us, Um, and then you've got the likes of Jason Newell and Cole Court and Marcus Gale, the list goes on and on, but lots of good memories um, for Wimbledon.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. Dean Holdsworth underrated, wasn't he? Very much so. I, uh, Dean Holdsworth played in an era where there was so many decent strikers yeah. that he never had a sniff. Same of, with Brian Dean, yeah. actually. Yeah, that's quite true. Actually, whereas had they been around today, they'd have probably
1: been started. Yeah, there would have been a uh, definitely. What well, about away from the nineties, Blasco? I mean, uh, sorry, away from Wimbledon. Um, who was your favourite player of the nineties away from the crazy gang? Um, well,
4: knowing a few of the chaps there on the panel, I know they're going to be very biased in their teams, but. Um, I'm gonna stay very true and uh not pick or someone from my own team. But for me, uh Ryan Giggs
2: was mm.
4: amazing. He was just one of those uh there was so much so so many different things about him. He's probably definitely very reminiscent of how Gareth Bale is nowadays. But he was uh, um one of the only top of players at the time. He scored that amazing goal against Aston Villa in the FA Cup. Uh sorry, against Arsenal at Villa in the FA Cup. Um, and, yeah, he was just
1: the ultimate 90s player for me. Brilliant. Well, good to talk to you, Blasco. I'm sure we'll have you on the pod soon, mate.
4: Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good show. Yeah, yeah. speak yeah, soon, mate. Cheers. Too, too.
1: Cheers. Yeah, man. Well, Wimbledon fans, well, we'll, we'll quickly just go over what the, that game again. I mean, the question I'm going to throw out to you guys is if David Beckham doesn't score that goal, that halfway line goal that didn't win goal this season, thanks to Trevor Sinclair. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Quick QPR mention Quick there. QPR mention,
1: <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Does David Beckham, I mean, is it inevitable that he becomes what he becomes or did that go a long way to helping him? I think, I think the, goal, the goal helped. I
0: think it brought him to the, the main stage a lot quicker than, than, it, you know, than it was possibly anticipated. But it has to be said that David Beckham was, was a very, very talented footballer. Um, you know, he, he, not many players could cross a ball like Beck's.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Even in those early days of the 90s. Absolutely.
3: I remember the first time I saw him live, and I remember going, oh gosh, you know, if he had that little bit of speed, yeah. he would be the greatest player in the world. But actually, because he was such a clever footballer and his array of passing was he didn't so superb, it. he didn't need that no. burst of speed, and that allowed him to play till he was, absolutely. you know, 38, absolutely. 39. Yeah.
0: Um, he scored a volley against us once at Stamford Bridge from inside the area, which, like for technical ability, was absolutely fantastic. It was really good finish, and I just remember thinking, "Gee, he is actually a good player." It's, it was it was that same season, and yeah. I just I remember thinking, "Oh, he's not just about that goal." No, and it was he, he scored a goal at um, White Hart Lane in the same season where he just spanked it into the top corner, and you thought, "Yeah, this this boy can play a bit." Um, and um, and of course, he had the thing in '98 as well, the World Cup. He came back an absolute enemy of this country. And within two or three years, had managed to turn it round and be an absolute hero. Who else did David Beckham play for in the 1990s?
1: Preston. Preston North End. Who was his midfield partner? Go on, surprise us oh. all. David Moyes David Moyes yeah, well oh, yeah he was a player manager <laughs> yeah. wasn't he, he was I was hoping still player manager, I was yeah. hoping you were going to say
0: Dean Blackwell but, mm. uh, or but, Anders um, Lindpark yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, we're going to move on from Man United and Wimbledon talk quickly before we go about a, a couple more of them in days and the Arsenal suffered a kind of a collapse a couple of times in the early 90s uh, firstly the opening season 1993 they lost 4-2 at home to no- oh, you've got a big smile on your face there <laughs> remember, That's because yeah. Gabe our technician yeah. here is an Arsenal fan so he, he's did, not, he did he's, just pull a
0: face yeah of, he's uh, not very Please don't talk about
1: this. this this. But the 4-2 was against Norwich, which I think Mark Robbins scored a couple of goals. Yeah, I think
0: it was. Mark Robbins did score, yeah, and he... Norwich were absolutely amazing well, that was, that uh, yeah, season. We that, didn't know at the time That yeah. season Norwich really that, that, took it out the on The season that
3: they got into Europe yeah. They played Bayern Munich yeah. They played Bayern Munich season after yeah. That. Yeah.
0: That, that game against Arsenal Absolutely set them off Because I yeah. think a lot of people Had them down as sort of Relegation sort of fodder To be perfectly yeah. honest with you And suddenly they beat Arsenal They were 2-0 down And I remember I can honestly vividly remember Listening to this on the radio And the commentary was a, The commentary was another game And I was in, with my dad Driving and was in the car And um and they said, oh, Arsenal 2-0 up. Oh, there's been another goal at Highbury. And there's sort of a collective groan yeah. in the car. You think, oh, yeah. yeah, 3-0, all right. Yeah, they're going to win the league already. Yeah. And 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 it was 2-1 and 2-2. Then Norwich, somehow, 3-2. And you thought, when the fourth goal went in, you thought, no, nah, it's a 3 all 4-2. The car erupted I've got to be honest. with you <laughs> Was that, <laughs> that when Mike Walker was in
3: charge?
1: it Indeed, was, yeah. yeah. Indeed, never, yeah. And then never he never
3: really did well, anything he on, else. He went on to Everton, and, Everton and, then, and then they had that real. Yeah, tough never recovered script. from that, did he? Because yeah.
1: that Norwich team—I mean, the industrious—I mean, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this later in the season when we talk about European nights. But that was a, a very good Norwich team. Something you, you can't imagine a team now doing. That's you know going to no. well, I, I look think, that Bayern now no, is ridiculous. No. But
3: I, I think that so, sometimes you know you'll get a team that comes up and surprises everybody. You know. Uh, We've done it, mm. Borough have done it before. I remember Ipswich doing yeah. it. You know, you, you get this one little, you know, yeah. not never. Forrest did it, I think, yeah, in the They'll never crack the top four, but you'll yeah. get into your sort of top
0: six, top yeah. seven sneaking. in Never new. like that. But I, I, I mean, Norwich didn't come a, up, but they were still, yeah. yeah. It's perceived as a, yeah. a, a struggling a smaller team. Game, yeah. 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 To turn it around in one summer. Yeah, fantastic. absolutely.
1: And the other result that Arsenal suffered uh, in the 90s uh, was again at Highbury, 93, 94. So the following season, not yet, yeah, season next, it would have been and it was a 3-0 home defeat to Coventry and Mickey Quinn scored big Mick, big Mick scored a hat trick i mean yeah. those results coventry were really up the races oh, after that see what you oh you there
0: i thought my 3 point 1 oh, was no, a little yeah. bit <laughs> tedious, I'm have but... to outlaw these
1: jokes i tell you something <laughs> those two results given what has happened this weekend, again i'm going back to one time just to compare it um against west ham what would be a what is a bigger shock i mean in 93 when coventry won would. Cup, double cup winners. They won the, both the FA Cup yeah, I, and the. Uh, well, it would have been Coca-Cola.
2: Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola.
1: The the cup. Yeah. yeah. One of the. I think it might Co- have just. Coca-Cola was later on when yeah. Borough got there. Um, what, um, but they were, you know, they had done the double. Yeah. Was that a bigger shock than Saturday's result, where West Ham came and, and beat them?
0: Uh, for me, no. I think um, I think Sunday was more of a more of Sunday, a surprise. Of course, yeah. sorry. Um, sorry, Sunday. Yeah, it was more of a surprise to be perfectly honest with you. More due to the fact that um, if we're going to sort of briefly talk modern day, um, I think Arsenal have got players of the caliber of Ozil, Walcott, Giroud. All these players back then they had Hillyer and Morrow. Not quite the same. <laughs> I think Hillyer might have been be before, but I take your point. It, yeah. They're not quite in the same yeah. league. So I, for me, I think Sunday was more of a shot. Also, it's a different world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 then, it absolutely. Was, then it was then, and, and Arsenal yeah. seen as being this a whole ball.
1: new yeah. ball game as ball, Sky told Well, in the well
2: 90s. that was but
3: they taught us that in 1992. You see, and it was apparently the same ball game. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, football didn't exist. so yeah. did yeah. simple as that.
1: <laughs> it's not a thing. And finally, before we 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 leave the opening days um, f- from hopefully till next season, um, the last one just briefly touching on was Klinsmann's debut. I mean, that was a game and a half, wasn't it? I mean, he oh, came th- over yeah. four three, wasn't it? I Wednesday. Well, he took that in good jest, didn't he? don't think Wearing a beautifully purpley kit as well. I remember right. I wouldn't yeah. wash my car with that yeah. beautiful yeah. purpley kit. <laughs> yeah. I think that yeah. was the white one. But yeah, I take one. your point. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As, I know you're doing kits later on in the season, but as a Chelsea fan, I don't think I'm going to sit here and say that was a beautiful <laughs> kit, um, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but Thank yeah, you they, they, that was for you. But that, 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 spurs, that, was, that, that game actually epitomised Spurs at that time, didn't it? They yeah. were, it was 4 3 away from home. And they had about eight strikers. The firm's um, five. And Stuart, yeah. Stuart never cut at the back. Yeah. And that was about eight, well, I think. So the, the um, Firm's
3: five of, okay, so come on. Klinsman, Sheringham, Barmby, Anderton, Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu. Illy Dimitrescu. Because yeah.
1: yeah. he came yeah. over with Gika Popescu. Yeah. And I could have said that without. And, Dan, tw- and that is a, tongue twister. Yeah, <laughs> that is Re- a yeah. tongue twister. And Dan Petrescu. Yeah, there's a tongue twister and a half um, there. Yeah. And finally, another Tottenham one. Teddy Sheringham came back, um, and he's. Instant return to Whitehall and missed a penalty on his debut. Oh, no, yeah. yeah. It's not that. like Edward yeah. Sheringham. Exactly. I think he got yeah, the last laugh because United won 2-0 and I think he did all right
0: yeah. after that. He might have got the last laugh, but if you're sort of the big sort of transfer <laughs> of that summer, you then go back to your old club and uh, miss a penalty. It doesn't look good, does it? But um, it's So that goal in the European Cup final? Probably, think, made, up. I think probably made, made up for it. For that. Yeah. Yeah. I
3: always like, you know, every time I think about Edward Sheringham yeah. I like to call him Edward Sheringham Because that's what Brian Clough used to say yeah, did, We'd like yeah. to talk to you About Teddy Sheringham and Brian yeah. No uh, I'd like to call him Edward
1: <laughs> <laughs> Scored the first ever Super Sunday goal hey, There you did, go yeah, Teddy did, Sheringham did. Against Liverpool In a 1-0 uh-huh. Victory,
0: but then people people never used to watch football on Sundays till then, did they? Football
1: in, where we where well, were Monday the Monday night football was a whole new ball game, wasn't yeah. it? There we go again. Well, the sky, the first cheerleaders, ev- yeah. first ever Monday night football. Well, look, look, people, on, people, oh, people, oh, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. First ever Monday night football. I'm going to smile is really it big. Villa now. is it yeah. QPR, QPR, Manchester Man City, City yeah. Main Road, one um, all. Andy Sinton, Andy Sinton, and yeah. David White. I think oh, scored wow. for Man City. Yeah, wow. Anyway, right, we're almost out of time. What I was going to do very, very quickly before we go, if anyone had seen the Twitter banner on our uh, Twitter page and our Facebook page, you would have seen the Sky advert... Which was alive and kicking, where which is the name of the podcast and the book comes from. Um, it's basically a team, and it had a player from every team who was in the first season of the Premier League. And I thought, what we do before we go, we're going to have a quick game, basically a game of tennis between Joe and Paddy to see. <laughs> it Might not last very long. Joe we'll doesn't game.
0: like tennis. We've already discovered yeah, yeah, that ping pong, as he's yeah. called it,
1: to see how is many. Is Des going
0: to come in and announce mm. Ravanelli's sign for Middlesbrough? Let's go. If, if only. <laughs> well, I, I could isn't...
1: try, but I could not pull off the smoothest or ever grow a tash, like, or any tash at all, mm. if anyone who knows me. So we're going to try this. So, yeah, the Twitter, try play along at home if you've got the Twitter uh, banner in front of you as well. So I'm going to start with Paddy. So you can, you can name any of the 22 players, and I'm just going to keep going until you, you don't name one. So go on, then, Paddy, you start.
0: Uh, Vinnie Jones was ours. So yeah. there you go. Uh,
1: John Walk from Ipswich. There you go.
3: Former Middlesbrough player and also the star. I don't need of... an explanation. He was, the star that he was in the Great Escape. He That's was in re- the Great Escape. He's in the Great yeah. Escape,
0: John Walk. How do we keep coming back to Middlesbrough? <laughs> Somehow, it well, these are the ones I've remembered on, yeah. on that theme. Alan Kernaghan. Alan Gernigan. Oh, You see, he was in the Middlesbrough player. Now. This is quick fire, John. Uh, Hans Eggers.
1: Don't look at my list. <laughs>
0: um, <and laughs> Lee Sharp. <laughs> Gary Charles.
1: ooh or is he going to be out? Two sec, four, five, four, David Hurst. Oh, is David, David Batty in there? No, no he's oh. out. There isn't a Newcastle or a Leeds. Oh, no, there would have been a Leeds. Leeds was Gordon Strachan, Gordon but Newcastle Strachan. weren't there. Um, so, they were join the full list very quickly. Dave mm-hmm. Hurst, Lee Sharp, Tony Daly, Vinnie James, Mark Wright, John Walk, Tim Flowers, Tim Sherwood, Ian Brightwell, Ian Butterworth, Hans Agus, Andy Pearce, Carl Bradshaw, Gordon Jury, David Hillier, Gary Childs. Andy Ritchie, Andy Sitton, yay! Alan Kernigan, Gordon Strachan, and Peter Beardsley. Wow, well. Thank you, you very much, gents. That's been our first pod. Thank you, Paddy. Thank you, Joel. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, please get in touch on Twitter at AK90s or Facebook forward slash AK90s. You can check out the book on Amazon as well. I'm Ash Rose. Keep it 90s. This podcast is a West 12 media and verbal media production. <laughs>